Let it make us closer to you. May it bring our hearts into alignment with you. It is in your wonderful, precious name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I was reading through this passage, a different conversation with, with a brother this week, and, and went in a whole different direction, but it just stuck with me a little bit. So I wanted to come back to it, because we hear this passage and similar passages a lot. We talk a lot about the light, and we talk a lot about the darknesses, and I alluded to in my prayer, this is September 11th. This is one of those dates that stand out. These are one of those things that we know what darkness looks like, right? So if you're like me, there, there's just certain things that, that when they happen, that, that we go back. And that was, that's one for everyone. And we have this illustration of light, that God is light. Why is God light? God is light because He illuminates. That He brings truth. That He allows us to see things that we did not see. He allows us to see things within ourselves and think, him that he allows us to see things in other people have you ever seen somebody that the light has come on within them has anyone ever been with a new christian when they start to understand when they start to get it there's really not much more exciting because you see them changing before you you see something that was dark become the light not only be brought into the light, but actually become part of that light that now illuminates others, that we have this responsibility, we have this privilege to be a part of what God is doing to bring light to this world. Do we understand this, not only the seriousness, but the true privilege in being a part of that? If we continue on to verse 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and love this word of promise and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make room, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. See, we have this whole thing that we wrestle with. Are we a part of this or are we not? And it should not be gray. There's a lot of gray in this world. There's a lot of gray in interpretation. There's a lot of things that we can read and different people that are very smart can see in different ways. But you are either in Christ or you are not. This part shouldn't be that gray. That if you love God, that if you've believed in what He has done for you and what He brings you into and the freedom that He provides, the gift that He provides, if you believe those things, you should be able to say, somebody come in, are you a Christian? You say, yes. Do you know Jesus? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Are you a part of what he is doing in this world? Yes. Did he change you? Yes. Now, I think those first questions, we all love to just jump right in and say, yes. But did he change you? Sometimes is probably a little bit more gray than we like to think. We love to hold on to and cling not to him, but we love to hold on and cling to the things of this world way too often. That he is telling us you need to be in or be out. Now, just a silly illustration. It, it, who, who just loves to be in front or in a house at night and the power goes out? Right? What, you don't love that? Seriously, you don't, you don't love watching your program and all of a sudden everything goes out. What is your initial reaction to be just covered in darkness. It's not good, right? 
There's a reason that Jesus and God use this illustration of light and darkness. Now, if you're like me, which oh, you're probably not, that's probably a good thing. But if you're like me, there's probably, there, there's just those little moments, there's those things in life that just bring you that, that spark of joy, right? Now, I will tell you that walking into a basketball court that is dark, going into a gym that is dark, and you just hit those lights, and it just comes on, and you know now what the possibility is in front of you. There's something new that you get excited about, right? You know what I'm talking about. This is not hard. You, you get excited because you know what's coming. You know that you get to join into something that you weren't able to do just two seconds ago, that it was too dark. You can't play in the dark, that you need the light to be able to have that joy. I'm telling you, a relationship with Jesus Christ needs, should, and must be like that. It must be that I come into a room and I become and I kneel before him and I call him my Lord and I call him my King and I call him my God and that's what light comes on in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds and things change. And I say, I don't change because I have to. I don't even have to go to this book. My heart is changed. Now I will go to this book and I need to go to this book, but my heart is different. My whole trajectory, my whole understanding, my whole desire system within me has changed because of who he is. And I want us to continue this, this passage here. Because it actually has some pretty difficult language, I believe, as well. God uses some other illustrations that, that are just make me struggle sometimes. So he says here, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. He does hold us accountable. He does want more for us. But if anybody does sin, guess what? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins. What's the next passage? What's the next part? Oh, I'm going to get some reaction today. We're going to start this again. I heard a couple, but let's say that, 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 I, that I need to hear something. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. He is a God of reconciliation. He is going to make right this whole ship that is at times very dark. That he is going to be that. But that we get to be a part of this. We get to be the illuminating body of Jesus Christ in this world that will bring light, that will turn on, that can change hearts. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And truth is not in that person. This is just saying, very black and white, you need to take seriously the walk that God has called us into. That he calls us out of a world, but into something else. Not out of punishment, but he has something. He knows if you live like I have called you to live, do you know that your life will be more filled with joy? More filled with peace? More filled with kindness, more filled with hospitality, more filled with forgiveness, more filled with everything that is light and life-giving. But if anyone obeys his word, now this is the part I don't want us to miss. I'm not going to speak real long today, but it says, but if anyone obeys his word, if you obey, love for God is truly made complete in them. Now, I want you to think, who, who likes to love people? Who likes to be loving? I, really? Let me try this again. Uh, I thought I was in a church. Who likes to be loving? 
Okay? That's much better. Thank you. That was going to really go bad if I didn't look. We are called to be loving. It is so much better to love than hate, right? How, how do you feel when you hate someone? This is not a good feeling. It's a dark place. It is something that's hard to get out of. It's hard to give that up. It's hard to even give that forgiveness, but that is what brings us back into the light. But do you know that not only as good as your love, but if we obey Him, that it makes our love complete, our love for Him complete. This is what it calls. If you want to love better, it says follow Him. If, that, if you want a tagline today, if you want to love better, does everybody want to love better? I'm going to make you... Who wants to love better? Okay, you, no. Who wants to love it? You should want to love better. And if you want to love better, it says follow him and his ways. They are good. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now everybody in their faces here, oh, we can't be Jesus. We're not perfect, right? No, we can't be Jesus. But live, can you, this is the hard question, this is the hard theological question of the day. Can you live as Jesus did? And if you wrestle with that, who wants to say yes and no? I love to answer yes and no. Many of you have come and asked me questions, and that, that really is how it comes down to a lot of times, is yes or no. It says, whoever claims to live in him. Now, if we say, whoever, who claims to live in him? I would hope that most, if not all of us, are going to raise our hands, right? If we live in him, if we are a part of who he is, if we're a part of the body of Christ, if we're a part of what his church looks like, we would have to raise our hand. Then the next word is, must live as Jesus did. We don't want to claim that. We're not claiming to be Jesus. But how did Jesus live? Is, the, is the, really the point here. How did he live? And do you think that Jesus walked around and said, well, I can't go here today. I can't do this today. Oh, I can't eat that. That's, that's just unclean. I can't eat that. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't go with those people because they're unclean. Well, I can't go and visit this lady today because it's noon and I'm just not allowed to be out in the public with, 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 with females, I, especially that female because we know who she is, right? This is real stuff. This is who he's called. This is, that is what it means to live as Jesus. Not to check all these boxes, but does he have a heart of compassion? Is his love complete in God? And is he willing to go and meet with her? With him? With you? He is willing. He has a heart because he says, my light is greater than your darkness. My light is greater than your darkness. So I'm willing to be in your presence because my presence is going to bring his presence and his presence is illuminating, it is life-giving, it is light-giving. That's who we get to be as the church. Amen? So we are not afraid it says he will be strong. I am not afraid to go to those places with those people. And if I don't go to those places, and if I don't go to those people, when Jesus asked me, did you live as I lived? How am I going to have to answer? 
Some things are a little more black and white than we give credit for. Did I live as Jesus did? Not in the perfection, not in those boxes, but do I have a heart and a mind that is aligned with who Jesus is? Dear friends, verse 7, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one. He's turning on and saying, yes, I know that you've been following those rules. Yes, I know those are my commandments, but that's just what we had. Let me teach you a greater commandment to love, to love God, to love neighbor as self. It's the same rule. It's the same law. But guess what? It is a more perfect law. It's a way to, to love as Christ loved. Dear friends, I am not writing a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. The old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing to you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates a brother or sister, is still in the darkness. See, this is the hard part. I haven't even completely figured this out, because guess what? Doesn't he have other places say, well, you, should, you have to hate your mother and father, right? Well, how do I reconcile that? There's a difference, I believe, in hating a thing and hating what is darkness. I can hate the darkness within you. I can hate many things, but I, I, it is not saying that I really hate my mother and father because it says I'm gonna, I have to love my brothers and sisters. I can't hate them. I have to love them. But what it's saying is it cannot be greater than your love for Christ. It's not truly. I don't believe it's about hate. I believe it's saying it's putting and elevating God to where God has to be so that our light can be truly seen better, that we can truly love better, that we can truly have that, that we have to. If we love many things, we start to think that they're equal. My love for my mother, my love for my father, my love for my wife is not the same as the love that I must and I'm called to have for the creator of the world that has given life to me and that has light that he wants me to have. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them, there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But if anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness, they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. Now that seems like, if you were just reading really quick and you're thinking of those other passages, right? It says you have to hate. This says you can't hate, that you must love, that you can't claim to be in the light if you don't love. So I think that helps us reconcile those other passages to make them truly understand that it's more about God and it's not that we hate our family. It's that we can never put anything of this world over God. Reasons for writing is what my Bible highlights the next section. That's not scripture, but it helps us at times. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven. We see language here. We see, in the, what you'll see in these passages, and some of them are repeated, children, father, young men. These are family lines. These are family positions. These are family relationships. That That is what we're called. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome 
the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, it's added, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. We see here that God is part of what he is telling us here, is you now are able to overcome. Who feels like that every day, that we are able to overcome the evil one? I tell you, we all come at times that that is hard. That's a hard standard. But he is saying, if you live in me, if you have my light, if you're willing to love me above all others, if you are in the light and you do love your brothers and sisters, you do love your mother and father, because you are called to, that if you do these things, know these promises. He's recognizing to those he's writing to, you have been forgiven. You are a brother and sister. You are in Christ. You have known the one that is from the beginning. You have overcome. You have the power to overcome when those days come. You are enough. So he's recognizing that they have believed, that they have accepted, that they are living, that And I hope this is part we're getting that they have been changed. Their lights have come on. They are now able to share that. But see, we have to understand this next passage. Sometimes it's not read with this. But this is a warning for us, right? We're filled with prophetic warnings from all kinds of things uh, of people that have been following God and say, yes, you're, you're in good shape, right? But we cannot rest in that place. There's a warning there. It says... Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. This is that understanding that really our love is reserved. Not the, If our love is reserved for God and we put it in Him and our light is with Him, that love flows out. That there's no way you can't love those others. That you can't have that compassion. That you can't have that hospitality. That it's not that you truly hate, but if you put all of your love in him, it will flow out into every area of your life. But you cannot share that, that you have to hate the things of this world. And that doesn't mean, this is what I think is we see here, is that doesn't mean you hate that chair. Well, I don't really, I have to hate this piano. It's really terrible. I don't like it. It's terrible. It's a wonderful piano. You don't have to hate this piano, but it's of the world, is it not? Is it not say in Scripture that you're hated? No, it is not about those things. It is about the heart and the desire we see here if we keep on for everything in the world. The, this, these are the things that it is talking about. It tells us that's not what we're talking about. It says for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes from does not come from the Father, but comes from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. This is the key to all of these passages here. I know we're all a little bit tired. It's been a long weekend. It's been a long weekend, right? We're all a little bit tired, but can, can y'all just give me this last little bit, right? For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. When we're trying to discern the worldly and the godly, it is about source. Is it of God, or is it coming from somewhere else? Those desires never come, those are not from God. They are what? They're from a broken world. So the things that we are chasing, the things that we are seeking, the things that we are clinging to, are they the, the, the heartbeat of God 
Are they the heartbeat of a broken world? What do we align ourselves with? What are we willing to participate in? And it's not the inanimate, it's not the amoral, not moral things of pianos. It's what is my heart for? Do I have a desire because, oh, I, wanna, I love this piano, so I want to play the piano, so I want to play it so well that everybody's going to love me. That's not the heart of God, right? That's about self. That's a broken, that's, that's something that the world would say. Well, you know, I'm going to play it so unbelievably well, now I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be famous, so I can afford all, I can afford the best pianos now. I can afford the best apartment to put the, the, the piano in. I can afford a mansion so I can put it in. That This is the desire is never right in that, that context. The desire must be what God has created it for. He has created that piano so that it may sit up here and not look pretty. He may sit it so that his body may come together and worship him and give thanks to him and bring people into the light and to give us a, a, a truly joy-filled heart that we may go out and share light in a way that others that are living in the darkness will understand that we do not hate them, but that they are loved by God and by us, that we're willing to be and live as Jesus did. We can, church, live as Jesus did. Now that's a pretty bold statement. But it says not only that we can, right? It says here that we must live as Jesus did. That he holds us to a high standard. That is not to scare us. Did Jesus walk around in fear? No. So if we must also do those things, we must also truly live like him, that we do not live in that fear, that we live in the freedom because of what has been done to our hearts in him. He gives us freedom to not worry about the things of this world. Not to worry about meeting those laws and not eating this and not going and visiting them during the day or not visiting this lady over here. No, we don't have to fear because our desires are not the things that those things tempt us and make, us, make dangerous for us. Because our desires have been changed to have a heart of compassion, a heart to bring that person out of darkness and into glorious light. He is what illuminates our world, and we can share in that with him. I'm going to invite our musicians to come up at this time. We'll wrap up. I just want to share, as they're coming forward, two things that we have. One... Are you going to be a child of light? Are you going to live as Jesus lived? Are you going to be willing to go to those places? Or are you going to sit in the comforts of the desires of this world and let it eat you up? That he does call us out into something greater. Not only as individuals, he calls us to be a place of light, a community of hope a community of forgiveness, a community of family. He calls us to be those things for one another. That is who we are as the church. That is why what is here is working so well, is because we're willing to put him at the head. We're willing to take seriously the call in our lives. We're willing to see other people as Christ saw them. We're able to see, guess what? The world sees all those other people 
It's just darkness. We're able to say if we get close, we can illuminate who they can be in Christ Jesus. Because we have been transformed, we believe that they can be transformed. That's a powerful statement. It's a lot of responsibility. And it is good. We don't hate the world. We hate worldliness. It's the love of the world. It's the worldliness we love. Why do we love the world? Because our great Savior, our great Creator, made it. And He said, does anybody know what He called it? Good. Actually, He called it very good. So we don't hate that. We don't hate the world. We hate the desires of a broken world that have broken into that. And we are part of that plan to bring us out because we are here to declare that we have a risen Savior that died on a cross so that we might have life, but that we may also be His light in this place. That if we come, we believe, we confess, we accept, and we are changed. We have a God of transformation. Chains fall off. Lives are restored. Relationships are restored. Light is given. And life is never the same. He is good. Very good. This world is good. Is very good. When we come and we turn the light on. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together, Lord. We thank you for all that you are doing in our hearts. Lord, we pray that you continue to speak to us, to give us wisdom, to give us discernment, to give us hearts that align with you and not this world, Lord. We are in this world and we participate in it, Lord, but we pray that we are part of the light and not part of the darkness, Lord. We pray that you continue, that we know that you are calling us into a life that aligns with you. And we thank you for the ability to do that. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side, for I'm a part of the family, the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God where I've been washed in the fountain cleansed by his blood join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side for I'm a part of the family the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. 
I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm a part of the family, the family of God. Amen. I know everybody's tired a little bit today, I think. But you know what? Can we say we are the light? One, two, three. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that changes the world? Do you believe that the world is not going to change unless we allow that to happen within us? We have the power to change. That, that's amazing to me. Don't miss that if you're just tired, because I tell you, I'm there. But I want you to be excited. Who is seeing God work this year? Amen, right? So he is still working. He's, right, he's still working in this place, right? So if that doesn't get us more excited than going out and, okay, we're going to watch the Colts today. They're finally starting, right? We know people for that. They're excited. We're excited. Those are one of the things. Those aren't bad. We can get those. But we need to be excited for the things of God. We need to be excited for our neighbor that does not know him yet. We need to be excited for that one that is going to walk into our school and because we have representatives and ambassadors from him that are in those places that are going to see and hear the light and the truth and the promises of God through them that guess what their whole lives and trajectory the life they live in the circumstances they've been may be changed because of who he is that is exciting for us as a church amen so let's go out and truly be what he has called us to be Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for sending Jesus. Your love for us is more than we can fathom. And we're so grateful this morning uh, just, for, just for you, Jesus. We love you. And we thank you for the word this morning that just comes alive to us as we just hear the message that you put on Pastor's heart this morning. We are thankful we can come to you and we can confess our sins and you are faithful you are faithful you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ this morning thank you for what that means to us you have rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us transferred us into the kingdom of your dear son and Lord we thank you for the marvelous light Lord Jesus that comes Lord, with your kingdom, and you tell us someday, Lord, the Lamb will be the light, Lord, that forever and ever and ever. But until then, Lord, you put your Holy Spirit within us, Lord, that we can truly be the light and the salt of the world. And the challenge this morning, Lord, is that we truly could be open to where you lead us, the people that you lead us around, that we truly could make a difference. And the light in us is greater than the darkness of this old world. And so, Lord, we want to make a difference for you, Lord, this morning. And it's just great to be together, to hear your word, to worship you. We are blessed this morning. We are blessed. And we thank you for the love that is within our hearts. And as we leave this place today, continue, Holy Spirit, to lead and guide us, Lord. You are awesome, Lord Jesus. It is special to be part of your family. But I also thank you for my church family. 
And I just pray that it would just be a great day and a great week, Lord, ahead as we continue to keep our eyes upon you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.